And we're recording. We are recording right now. Hi! Hello, everyone. Hello! How's everybody? Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Atheist and... The Witch Podcast. Where reason... Meets magic. Okay, so this is episode... Believe it or not, this is episode six. Yay! Episode six of the Atheist and the Witch Podcast. Sexy six! <laughs> Woo! Sexy six, six, six. Yeah. <laughs> I, of course, am Brittles, known as the Atheist. And I'm Chrissy the Witch. And we're here to bring you a weekly uh, cavalcade of different things that we're talking about, have been um, spoken to about, or have occurred in, in our <laughs> interestingly yeah. lives, much like all of us out there in, in the land of... The land. <laughs> yeah. The land of Nod. The land of Nod. So. So I would like to start this week, um, Switch. Um, well, if you were listening last week, uh, last week I told you about a little, I bought this doll, a Baphomet doll. So last week, if you remember, if you watched or listened or watched, um, Killstar had a sale on our creatures, so I bought two of them. They were buy one, get one free. I bought a little gargoyle, which I thought was adorable. And for some reason, I don't know why I did it, but um, they had a Baphomet doll, which I was like, you know, yeah, why not? <laughs> so why not? Why so not? I brought this little guy home, and for some reason, when I brought him in the house, there was a couple little odd things that happened. Like, right away, I lost my keys. I bounced a check for the first time in my entire 50 years. Um, and there was something else. I lost something else, too. I can't remember what it was. But um, And I was like, oh, my God, it's the Baphomet doll. It's bad luck. <laughs> of course, I'm constantly like, Christine, it's not a toy doll that's causing you problems. You're just misplacing things. And I, I was getting ready to put them on a park bench somewhere and abandon them. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, this is not good for the house. Which, which would work well in our town, which is very, uh, let's say, to say it's, say it's red. Um, oh, so, yeah. although a lot of people here, the people that we live around are very cool, very uh, open-minded. Um, if we've left a s- small doll that they would associate with satanic rituals in the town, we're in the middle of a town, there's a Freemason temple. <laughs> they they probably have, they, they, there'd be a manhunt. Yeah. Or put the Satan doll on the, on the bench. <laughs> but the funny thing is, like, Baphomet has nothing to do with Satan. Absolutely nothing. So, um, that, and Satan is basically a Christian or Catholic thing or whatever. Well, Satan is a, is a fallen angel. Satan yeah. disagrees with God. Well, it's, the it's, Abrahamic it's God. It's Lucifer Morningstar. <laughs> yeah, he said, was, he said, yeah. He didn't like the, he said people should have their, um, Freedom. Freedom to do as they chose. Yeah, they shouldn't have to bow before you. And God was like... Oh, yeah. Not happy. The Abrahamic God. I gotta I always have to bring out the Abrahamic God. As I'm yeah. listening to Joseph Campbell, there's many different gods uh, that people believe. So if you're ever wondering what it's like to be an atheist and you're you're practicing whatever you are, um, just ask yourself like this, this. Ask yourself like this. What does it feel right now for you to not believe in Zeus or Odin? And uh, basically that's how it feels for me. <laughs> it's the same, you know. But anyway, uh, Baphomet. I want to go back to Baphomet. All right. All right. So, so, so this is the little guy in question. This is the Baphomet I bought. Uh, Baphomet has no boobs. Yeah, I guess I didn't give him boobs. A lot of times he has boobs. That's a half a Baphomet right there. Um. He does. No, he does. The, the, yeah. No. I, he's, I, yeah. He's she. He she. He's supposed to have because there's a. We'll yeah. explain the Baphomet in a few yeah. minutes. So anyway, so on a good note, I found my keys. 
exactly in my pocketbook where I had searched like four times. Yes, I told her to keep searching. I said, empty the pocketbook out because she's a woman. She has a pocketbook. I got a lot of shit. And as women have uh, pocketbooks, they are, they are like the Doctor Who's TARDIS. Yeah. They are uh, bottomless, endless things. You <laughs> no open a pocketbook way. up and you stick your hand in and it goes down like um, <laughs> that that uh, that thing that guy in, in the Harry Potter movie had. Not yeah. the Harry Potter movie. Um, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's totally my pocketbook. So, yeah, I, I was searching everywhere, all over the place, gone for days. I looked in that pocketbook so many times. They weren't in there. But And then I go in there one more time, and I open the pocket pocket up. And there they are. They're just sitting there. You. You're fucking with me. Well, the thing is, the uh, where were the keys? In my pocketbook. And, they, and, and I said 15 times, they're in your pocketbook. That's my logical place. And, oh, yeah, right? and I kept I saying it. So, so, All right, so, Baphomet was not... Baphomet or the universe, whatever it was, you were all scrambling all over the place looking for these things. You didn't know where you're thinking to yourself. You don't know where you are. You were now. The whole thing with Baphomet is balance. Now, Baphomet is a deity that the Knights Templar were accused accused of worshiping. The Knights Templar were a medieval sect of Christianity or Catholic Catholicism that were a military order because. You know, course yeah. peaceful religions needed always need a military order um but anyway they were accusing uh, the knights templar of, of worshiping baphomet and baphomet actually symbolizes balance um he's as above so below the fingers go up and they mm-hmm. go down it's part woman part man it's part animal part human part human um so it represents balance so if you want to go with Baphomet was trying to tell you something, <laughs> Baphomet is trying to tell Christine something. I, w- I would say from my point of view that uh, he was trying to tell you that you were out of balance. You were, you're looking around, you're all over the place, you, you, know, you lose the keys, you don't just balance yourself. bounce a check. You're, I, you're, yeah. you're, not, you're not focusing. True. Focusing, it's so. very true. I mean, it makes a lot of sense when you think about it. Because, of course, Baphomet is supposed to represent a tradition that should result in a perfect social order, everything in balance, mm-hmm. everything in balance, which is something that I, I, uh, I attempt to be. I'm not always in any way, shape, or form. I am human. Yeah. And as a human being, I am, of course, flawed to the max. Yeah, we're not perfect. We try, but we're not perfect. So thank you for finding my keys, Baphomet, and telling me to focus harder. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, goodness. Yeah. I, I like stuffed dolls, as you know. I, I'm not uh, poo-pooing on stuffed dolls. And I, what, what, the, what was the one that I bought you? The Anubis? Anubis, the cat. No, no. Anubis is um, like a jackal. The cat is, is Bast, like Bastet. She's the cat. I bought that in Tina's. Tina's a snack. Anubis is a jackal. The Jackal, which is also a Spider-Man villain. Really? Yes. Oh. The Jackal. Looks like a Jackal, too. I had no idea. So that's, uh, that's, that's our take on Baphomet, which yeah. is, uh, he was, he's, he's the char- he's the main, uh, I don't want to say villain, but the, the big bad. In Sabrina. Sabrina, they, they all worship Baphomet. Yeah, the Dark Lord. The Dark Lord. They, yeah. they call him the Dark Lord. The yeah. Dark Lord. The one that smokes cigarettes. The Dark Lord. <laughs> uh. 
Yeah, good show. I like I, I like Sabrina. You know, it's funny. I would not watch Sabrina the teenage. You know, I, I wouldn't not, not not that I wouldn't watch it. I would um not read it as a comic book because mm-hmm. it didn't catch my eye. But uh, I did occasionally look at the the old show, the comedy, because the woman who played one of the sisters I thought was uh, relatively attractive, mm-hmm. and um, and they had the goofy cat on there that talked all the time. But then I was like, check this thing out. I was like, what do you think? And Christy was like, all right, we'll try it. And she was like, um, um, she was hooked. It was good. good. I, I like it. Yeah, I like it's, it. it's pretty fun. good. It's fun to watch. Sabrina, the teenage witch. Woo! Oh goodness. So. Um, all right, so I, I, you know, I've come to my um, peace with Baphomet. Me and him, we're, we're good. Um, I put him in a really nice spot where he gets to look out the window. I figure that'll make him happy during the day. And, um, you know, he gave my keys back, so I'm all good with it. So he can stay. Man, burning people have to stake it. Like, I got to say, like, this Christianity, Catholic, the Abrahamic God people, very violent. Very violent people. <laughs> Um, they would do it now if they could. If, if they could get away with it, yeah. I believe they, I believe Don't they would. Don't think they wouldn't burn witches at the stake right and now. And, well, they actually, in Africa, are doing that. Which is odd. Uh, I, I will give it to the uh, the Abrahamic, the original Abrahamic god worshippers, which is the Jews. They weren't, they're not really violent people. Mm-mm. They're not. I just, you know, throughout history, their history is not being violent. Mm-hmm. But the minute that whole Christ thing came along, and, and there was also Muhammad, the, um, you know, their interpretations are just not, they're not, it's not nice. No. It's just not it's nice. Twisted. Yeah, it's twisted. These- but, well, you got to think about it. It was pretty much written by Rome, and it was, um... It was rewritten. Ca- Re- rewritten. Well, it was the Council of Nicaea. The ca- Council of Nicaea. Yeah, yeah, and they, um... I got together. He's like, you guys have got to get, get your, your shit, shit together. together. <laughs> Had so, all these factions that say that, isn't that? That's when they redid the apostles. And basically, they made their laws that way. But, I mean, look at Rome. Incredibly violent civilization. So it leads to, you know, natural progression that whatever they instill as a religion is going to be incredibly violent. And it is. <laughs> so I'm sorry. I'm sorry, people. It's true. You have... Still to this day, people molesting children and getting away with it in the churches. You know, they have downtrodden and burned and beaten and raped women for centuries and accuse them of all sorts of horrendous <laughs> things. And, you are witches. Little yeah. people come out of you. You have to be a witch. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, um, not to get on a really negative and horrible note, but that is honestly... That's just the reality It's of just it. the reality just of it. Reality. And that is why I cannot ever, ever follow, have allegiance to, or even back anything that would do something to me just because of me being a woman. Yeah, I don't... Uh, I don't... That's... Uh, the, I know these things are found out. found out for myself that... Uh, just studying these different mm-hmm. religions, I was like, this is not good. If you look at, it's sadly, it's the misinterpretation of the religion mm-hmm. by human beings that brings about all this violence. It's not realistically the religion, the idea of the religion itself, the idea of Jesus, the idea of Muhammad. They're, they, they were actually these prophets, these truth sayers. They were trying to bring about... <laughs> They're trying to bring about peace. Yeah. And as we know, in even this country, when somebody mentions the word peace, yeah. you got to get that motherfucker and kick his ass. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody wants that. 
So that's uh, that's what I think personally at the moment. We can discuss it. I well, like I said, I and I've told you this. I never had a problem with JC ever. He seemed like a pretty mellow, you know, hardworking, honest dude who just didn't like seeing the things that were being done at the time and tried to do a good thing. And what did they do to him? They fucking nailed him to a cross. <laughs> to a cross. Can you yeah. imagine if he came back nowadays? You know what they would do to him? They'd lock him up in a mental asylum. Yeah. They'd lock him in a mental asylum. Yeah, a guy walking down the street yeah. in sandals, a robe, yeah. saying, you know, peace be with you, my son. And uh, long hair. At least the the, uh, the white version of Jesus, which is yeah. white hair, pale skin, you know, beard. They would definitely be locking him up. But uh, All right. I mean, that's, uh, yeah. that's a little, is, little, little rant on we did, I think we did 10 minutes there on that, so we can, uh, 10, 13 minutes. <laughs> Let's move on to something a little lighter. It's a little little lighter than yeah. that. I'm sure um, we could have got a lot of shit on that one. Yeah, somebody eventually looks at this, they'll, yeah. they'll jump about it. Again, yeah. I, I just want to just make everybody realize, although we're going to talk about it, we're not going to be commenting and, and going on and on and on and on and on. Replying yeah. to people, yeah. we have our beliefs, you have your beliefs, so mote it freaking be. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, where should we go next here, Miss Witch? I'm following your direction. Well, you got the horoscope. Should we I'm do starting it? the horoscopes? Yeah, it's the weekly horoscopes. This is by the uh, the Hood Witch. Yes, the Hood Witch. At the hoodwitch.com. So go see the Hood Witch and uh, help her out. All right, I, I, I'm going to try to get my radio voice on, which is not really good. W N. No, I'm just kidding. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, from the Hood Witch, thehoodwitch.com, this is your horoscopes for the week ending 818. So we like to get it, you're going you're to be looking back at these horoscopes, I guess, and then saying this actually happened, which is what I like to do. I'm like, did that actually happen? Yeah. Okay, so this week brings mixed energies our way, which will lead us towards personal greatness and power. Mars, oh, this is, this is another sexy one here. Here we go. <laughs> Mars, who's in Aries, squares off of Pluto, who is retrograde in Capricorn. And I can feel Pluto in my Capricorn <laughs> on the 13th. I did feel it on the 13th. PSA, public service announcement. This day will be intense. Avoid confrontations if possible. Triangular situations and power struggles will pop, taking on an intense energy of its own. Uranus retrograde begins on August 15th which is uh, today, uh, when we're reading this, and lasts until January 14th, 2021 in Taurus. This is a time of reassessing relationships and rebuilding friendships, as well as becoming aware of situations that we've turned a blind eye to. The Leo, Sun, and Mars gently collide on August 16th, boosting our confidence and passions. Mercury and the Sun align in Leo on August 17th, right before Mercury and Mars connect. This is a time of excitement, optimism, and fierceness. Putting our needs first will prove beneficial to our emotional well-being. The new Leo, I'm sorry, the Leo new moon on August 18th will bring our dreams to reality. The same day, Mercury galvanizes the north node of destiny. Boom, boom. The north node of destiny. Pushing us to enhance, uh, to embrace our fate. Venus, now he's in cancer. (laughs) Venus, who's in cancer, will connect with Uranus retrograde Pushing us to live up to our potential in the most unexpected ways. And now for your horoscopes. Aries, you're up first. It may be hard for you to sit and watch by the sidelines as you like to take action and control situations. This week, you will need to take a step back and watch people make their own mistakes without your guidance. The reason you're not asserting yourself in other people's business is because you're learning that interfering will do more harm than good now. 
Taurus, the bull. It's time you embrace your personal power, your intuition, your ability to flip pages. There we go. Creativity and emotional maturity are remarkable. The only issue is that you often fall back on your confidence, which you are learning not to do this week. Keep a turquoise stone handy and use its energy to boost your self-esteem. With a little earthy energy, you can boss up your vibe and harness the power within. Gemini. Cutting cords on relationships in which you are having issues is always essential and helpful for peace of mind. However, if you're not ready to completely let go, which you may not be this week, then take a healing bath with Epsom salt, Florida water, thornless white flowers, and a dash of milk to cleanse your energy. It'll help you make decisions about these relationships. Mm-hmm. Cancer. As a lover of peace and harmony, you're finding that it's hard to be kind all the time, especially when others are talking behind your back. Don't worry about the haters. They'll succumb to their own karma, and it is a bitch. Focus your energy on lessening your frustrations and annoyances resulting from the negative vibes others are throwing at you. Be mindful of how you use your energy. Leo the Lion. A lot of things are shifting in your world, particularly your career objectives. And all of this erratic change is creating a lot of drama within your friendships. Cosmic pro tip, be real with your friends. Tell them about the struggles, obstacles, uncertainties, and transformation that you're experiencing. They'll offer you support and advise you to go with the flow when it comes to your career. Virgo, sitting across from me. The new moon will push you to see the errors of your past ways, which you may not be eager to accept. If you choose to assert your highest and most honorable values into the world, then you will thrive. The karmic repercussions of not being honest and truthful will come back to haunt you down the road if you do not utilize them now. So much pressure. Mm, pressure oh on the Virgo this week. Libra. It's never too late to do the right thing. This means owning up to situations that are less than scrupulous. Be honest there, Libra. The caveat is that while you are ready to take ownership for past mistakes and arguments, you're not ready to make up with those who you've argued with. Find the right words and way to let your case and feelings be known on such matters. The witch. All right. Scorpio. Emotional flare-ups with personal relationships will take center stage in your life this week. And trust us, the drama will consume your mind making you skip out on all of the amazing opportunities you have lined up. Use a selenite crystal to detox your aura under the new moon to ensure you can move forward without an intense emotional weight building on your shoulders. Sagittarius. An exciting offer will come your way that promises to bring you everything you ever wanted. All your monetary whims will be satisfied, but this opportunity will leave you feeling spiritually and emotionally famished. All that glitters is not gold, and the grass is never greener. Learning to be content with where you are in life is key and will lead you towards divine happiness. Capricorn! Thank you. Here comes the Capricorn. Are you doing what you want or what you think is expected of you? The time has come for you to assert your desires into the world and invest your energy in what makes you smile. Only then will you be happy. This will ring especially true during the new moon when your personal goals will be heightened and limits tested. Move towards personal happiness. Aquarius. 
Issues within your intimate relationship have been brewing over the past few weeks. With tensions being high, you will want to confront your friends and discuss these issues with them during the new moon. You may not get the answers you want or the clarity you want, but you will be able to gain a deeper understanding and guidance of how to handle these relationships in the future. And Pisces. Give yourself a chance to catch your breath this week and relax. Your energy is, in, is on overdrive, which is causing you to have burnout when it comes to your daily routine in life. Check in with your body. See how you feel during the new moon. It may be time to focus on the other aspects of your life right now to decompress fully. That's it. That's it. That's our horoscope for the week. Yeah. Have a good week, everyone. I'm digging the uh, the horoscopes this week. I feel as though uh, my horoscope is uh, is getting pretty close to being spot on all the time. Yeah, um, yours is really right there. Yeah, I'm a fan of horoscopes, even though I don't, you know, believe that that would actually. I just it's just been my thing. They do ring true with him a lot they of times. They ring true, even yeah. even me being the uh, the Capricorn. If you read about what a Capricorn is, and it's pretty close to me. Oh yeah. Right down to the bad knees. <laughs> <laughs> bad to the bone. Bad to the bone. So. so so I went and I bought the books that I said I was going to buy last week. I bought Haunted Highway, The Spirits of Route 66. And this is by Ellen Robson and Diane Freeman. And then I bought Of Blood and Bones, Kate Fruler, Working with Shadow Magic and the Dark Moon. So I thought it would be fun if we read a couple things out of Haunted Highway, because they're short little stories of um, haunted places that these this couple that wrote this book, they stopped at along the way. Um, these are well-known places that you can visit. Um, they give the address, they give the phone numbers, they even give you a little direction on how to get where you need to go to go to whatever um, destination you want to experience. Um, these places are open to the public. You either would have to have a reservation or book a dinner or buy a coffee or, you know, just buy a ticket to get into them, which is really cool. So everything in this book is open to the public. Um, so... Did you pick one out this week that we were... What is that? What is that? Uh, at some point, it'll probably be the tegu that Christine bought crawling across the floor, but right now, that was my sneakers squeaking on my chair. Holy shit, that's scaring me. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, we pissed Baphomet off again. He's got crazy eyes. He does have a little bit of crazy eyes. Right? He it's should true. really be sitting like, he's not sitting correctly, he should really be sitting like this. Well, he's supposed to, yeah, he's supposed to have one up, right? one down. One up, one down. That's above, but, so below. Eh, he's trying. I don't know, maybe he was shipped wrong. Aren't we all, all shipped wrong in some way or another? All right. So, yeah. So, I'm going to pick one out. You know what? And this one looks interesting. It's oh, called, she goes right to the mine shaft. Yeah. The mine shaft tavern in Madrid, New Mexico. Is this Chrissy's Creepy Chronicles? Yes. This is Creepy, uh, creepy Chronicles of Chrissiness. <laughs> well, hello, boys and girls. It's time for Chrissy's Creepy Chronicles. Make sure your feet aren't hanging off the edge of the bed. So, um, the area around Madrid, just 26 miles south of L.A. Cienega. 
it's Mexican, I don't know, La Cienega, is the oldest coal mining region in New Mexico with evidence suggesting that the mineral was mined as early as the late 1850s. Because Madrid was one of the only few places in the world where both hard and soft coal were found, it became a flourishing mining town. Oxen hold hard coal from Madrid all the way to St. Louis. At its peak in, in 1920s and the 30s, the population reached 2,500. During World War II, the Madrid mines provided Los Alamos, New Mexico, with 20,000 tons of coal, enabling them to build the first atomic bomb. Production started to dwindle when the switch to natural gas and diesel fuel slowly cut out the need for coal. Doom came in 1959 when Los Alamos, Madrid's last major customer for coal, made the switch to gas. Don't creep me out! Almost overnight, Madrid became a ghost town. Only a few hardy souls remained, reluctant to leave a lifetime of memories. The 1970s was the time of the counterculture with artists and hippies purchasing the minor shacks at bargain basement prices. They renovated homes and opened shops to sell their wares. Slowly, M Madrid came back to life. Today, the town, with the majestic Ortiz Mountains for background, boasts a population of 400. This quaint mountain community, with its shops, galleries, and restaurants, has become a popular stop along the Turquoise Trail. To get a real feel of the history of the colorful town, visit the Mineshaft Tavern. It opened for business in 1946, and it was here the miners gathered for farewell drinks on the fateful day when they received the news that the mines were closing. The Mineshaft Tavern, purchased from the Albuquerque and Cirillos Coal Company and restored in 1982, was no longer um, an oasis for the miners who worked in Madrid but it's certainly one of the best um, roadhouses in America. The tavern's 40-foot lodge pole pine bar is the longest stand-up bar in New Mexico. Behind the bar, a long narrow room was designed to resemble the interior of a coal mine tunnel. Oh, that's really cool. Um, like so many mining towns, Madrid had its share of tragedies. At one time, one of the mines collapsed and several people were killed. The Mineshaft Tavern has had enough paranormal experiences to convince anyone that some of the old miners are still hanging around enjoying their favorite watering hole. Bartenders, as well as guests, have seen glasses fall on their own and break, doors that open and swing back and forth, sounds that can be heard coming from six-inch adobe walls, and after closing hours, objects are mysteriously moved around. Perhaps the most unsettling occurrence is when employees look in a mirror and instead of seeing their own reflections, they see that of a ghost. After sundown, the darkness of the living ghost town in the middle of nowhere is eerie. With only the stars providing light, it is the perfect setting where the dead haunt the living. And if you're really quiet, you may be able to hear sounds of a long-deceased Indian who roams the ballpark area of the north end of the town. 
So the address for the Mineshaft Tavern is 2846 State Highway 14, Madrid, New Mexico, 87010. The phone is 505-473-0743, and the hours daily are 11 to 11, but I'm sure with COVID, it has completely changed. <laughs> so, open yeah. So I don't know. Do you want to read one? It's interesting. It's got a lot of history. There's tons of it. Goes Let me all see way. what this book is about here. This, this mm-hmm. Haunted Highway, The Spirits of Route 66. 66, Binding Tales of Ghostly Encounters. Oh, the Mineshaft Tavern. What I want to know is, is there anything near Junersey? Well, I think it starts in Chicago. Chicago, Chicago. That's my kind of town. Oh, we don't have Route 66 uh-uh. in New Jersey. No, I think it starts up in Chicago. Southern California, bro. All right, so we got Illinois. I used to call it Illinois, of course, Illinois. Illinois, Kansas, Oklahoma, Texas. New Mexico. Man, New Mexico. Is that what you just did in New Mexico? There's a bunch of them. Yeah, I'm not gonna, I've am not. i been in New Mexico, man. And the whole thing with like aliens, UFOs, Area 51, I can totally see why it would be going down in New Mexico, man. <laughs> Is it really that barren? It's, it's barren. It's crazy, man. It's exactly. It's that kind of barren. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I believe the police are coming for us now. No, the, the, they were coming for us last night. <laughs> they were coming for us last yeah. night. Yeah, find what happened last night. And again, Brett and I just skipped out right before the police showed up at the party. All right, I'm doing the whole uh, just open the book up and let it fall where it may. And we're going to California, which is, of course, the place you ought to be. Um, Calico Ghost Calico Ghost Town in Calico, California. The mining camp of Calico, located 10 miles east of Barstow, was founded in March of 1881 when silver was discovered there. The multicolored mountains behind the town, sporting reds, whites, purples, and greens of the various minerals, prompted the miners to name the town Calico because these colors were found in Calico skirts of the period. In its heyday, the town had 1,200 residents and boasted 22 saloons. Wow, I'm doing some quick math. That's like 55 people for, per saloon. That's a lot of yeah. That's a lot of saloons for a small town. Mm-hmm. Many of which remained open 24 hours a day. This was a party town, straight up. Like other mining towns of this period, Calico had its red light district. With 22 saloons, I would hope so. The houses with their fallen angels were found toward the south end of the mining camp, but within its main business district. Calico has come alive once again as a commercialized county park where visitors can relive Old West history for themselves. Five of the many buildings scattered throughout the ghost town are original. The park office once housed a bordello, which we have been told might have been one of the things that was inside of our own house. Oh yeah, that's so true! A few ghosts chose to linger behind in this old boomtown. Lucy B. Lane still inhabits her old house, now the Lane Home Needlepoint store. Lucy's favorite wicker chair in her bedroom rocks back and forth on its own. If her chair is moved to a different location, it is always found where Lucy had kept it, facing the front window. Does she still pass the time by watching people stroll past her home? On more than one occasion, a clerk has opened the store in the morning to find pictures, normally hanging on the wall, piled in the middle of the floor. Had they dropped on their own, they would have fallen straight down, not to the middle of the room. Surprisingly, the frames and glass have always been intact. Clerks working in the store after business hours sometimes hear noises and movement. 
but they can never find the source of the sounds. One employee appreciates the fact that this was, after all, Lucy's house. And he greets her each morning and tells her goodnight as she closes up the business. Mm-hmm. Little Saloon, an original building, a lot of saloons, as we said, mm-hmm. has a variety of ghosts that prefer to be heard, not seen. While sitting on the bench waiting for the doors to be opened, several tourists were surprised to hear the sounds of an old-style piano. Ding, 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 and a rowdy crowd coming from the inside of the building. Peering through the windows, they found the old watering hole empty. Employees getting ready to close up Lil's sometimes hear the jingle of spurs and other unexplained sounds. They can never track down the origin of the noise. A former historian of Calico saw the spirit of a pale lady dressed in Spanish white lace on the outskirts of town. While walking toward her, he watched with astonished eyes as she disappeared when he was only 100 yards away. A couple visiting the old schoolhouse in 1990 spoke to a tall woman dressed in 1890s garb. She explained to them that she had been the last teacher at Calico. They had pictures taken with the woman, but when the film was developed, only the man and the woman were in the photograph. Only the man and woman were in the photograph. The mm-hmm. couple the couple were in the photograph. Yeah, not the... Not the ghost. teacher. Calico's last teacher, Mrs. Margaret Oliver, passed away in 1932. She was buried at Calico at her own request. Did Margaret love teaching so much that her career carried over into her afterlife? Uh-huh. So, Calico Ghost Town Regional Park. Uh, we're not sure what's going on there now because of the pandemic that's going on. It is located at 36... 600 Ghost Town Road, apropos, in Yermo, California, 92398. You want to call before you go, 800-862-2542. They're hours before everything went down, before the stand went down, essentially. (laughs) Or daily, 8 a.m. to dusk, closed Christmas Day, and the shops were open from 9 to 5. Uh, If you want directions, you know, it's 2020. Put Calico Ghost Town Regional Park into your damn iPhone. And get your it'll ass pop. there. Yeah, it'll, it'll pop, pop up. up. Yeah, we don't need to give you directions. But this is uh, this is this is interesting. Books are this is now books. Yeah, now, I got an iPad. I got this. But books, this is like you can sit in front of. Because if I was yeah. doing this on an iPad, I'd be like, oh, now I gotta flip this, and it, oh, I lost my internet connection. No, that's why I bought them. There's some I, I just haven't bought a real book in years. So uh, I was like, it's time. I think it would be a lot of fun to do this. And it seems like there's a lot of neat history in this. So. Um, I'm I'm having uh, having a good time with it. Yeah. I think it's cool. Yeah. My other book that I bought, The uh, Blood and Bones, I haven't haven't really gotten into yet. Um, But just to give you the idea on the back, again, um, because next week, well, I'll definitely be reading this this week. So um, next week I'll be able to pick out some really unusual things. Um, But... It's to learn to work with the magic of the dark moon. Shadow magic occupies a critical but often misunderstood role in the rich history of witchcraft. This book explores topics such as ethical use of animal parts and bones, blood magic, dark moon energy, and other rarely discussed aspects of witchcraft. With a focus on ethically sourcing materials and suggestions for plant-based substitutions, Author Kate Fruler provides much-needed information and hands-on technique to help you strengthen your witchcraft practice, connect to nature, protect yourself and your kith and kin, and know yourself in a deep way. 
Within these pages, you will also discover methods for hexing, scrying, sex magic, and working with dark deities in addition to the magical use of graveyard dirt and performing spells to assist the crossing of a dying loved one. The shadow work explored in uh, Blood and Bones reminds us, reminds us that not everything is love and light and that facing the dark side supports the quest to achieve spiritual wholeness. Yes. I look forward to hearing all about the yes. sex magic. Wow. Yeah, I kind of figured. Yeah. Uh, yes. So, um, oh, we got 36 minutes. We're doing, we're doing very good this week. We're talking well. Woo! So, we're not... Uh, we're not three episodes into this, and I've started to put... Um, <laughs> is this Brady's bitch? Yeah, this is going to be uh, the atheist's irritation ah. um, this week. Uh, hopefully it'll be short, won't be too much, but um, one of the things I've done is on our YouTube channel that I'm beginning to post videos up onto, youtube.theatheistandthewitch.com. Uh, I'm putting uh, previews of the behind-the-scenes, what you're seeing here, on there. Um, so people can see what we do, and then if they're interested, they can come, become a, a patron and go to uh, Patreon and see the whole, if they want to watch a whole hour of us looking at each other and playing around Baphomet, they can do that. But anyhow, I put it up there, and of course on YouTube, people can write comments and stuff. I do check all the comments. And so far, believe it or not, three episodes in, we've gotten two comments. Both, of course, are from people who are, apparently are um, Abrahamic God worshippers. Um, what, and what they do is, I, I can 100% tell that they don't watch the preview that I'm putting on there or anything. They just see the word atheist and witch, and they just start ranting without realizing that we don't even talk about really, this is the first time I really talked about yeah. God, and first, yeah. any, anything. And in, in the three-minute previews that I put on there, there's zero talk of any God. So yeah. But anyway, uh, I had one comment. It was some bizarre thing, and the person didn't have a picture or anything up, so I, I removed that. But then this week... Uh, this gentleman Bernard put up this great big long question and 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 self-answering comment up there that I, I've removed since because I'm not I don't really want to go on and on with somebody back and forth on the internet but it's it's very it's it, to me it's comical as, as somebody who just doesn't believe in any of uh, you know of, of the gods as let me let me put it to you this way when I say when people say they're atheists they don't believe in the factual reality of gods. We 100% like to uh, like read about and understand the mythology of gods and all of that. That's interesting. But we don't believe in this. Nothing has been factualized that has shown me that. So you need, you need proof. Proof. proof yeah. Physical proof. It's been factualized. But anyway, um, this gentleman goes into a question. Is the natural universe or, in quotes, nature eternally lo old or must it actually have a beginning? Now, of course... I'm not a scientist. That's why I'm an atheist where it's, it's reason. It's not science meets magic. It's reason meets magic. But um, I have read some science and I have learned about things. And of course, the current scientific theory is the big bang of the universe. The universe, exp it, it, the universe will expand and then it will contract and then it will expand and it will contract. And then so that's what it's, it's birth and death and rebirth. That is the current theory that they are factualizing with what they can see with telescopes. So is the natural universe eternally old or must it actually have a beginning? The universe has a beginning and an end and it goes back and forth, it lives and dies like everything else. His answer is to be eternally old is to be uncaused. So he's saying that the universe had no ending nor beginning, it's just always been and really, really fucking old. 
which no scientist says that. They say no. the universe, they don't know it existed before the Big Bang, but the theory would be, of course, that the universe had expanded and then it contracted again. And then to be uncaused, nature must violate cause and effect. A law of nature. Let's, yes, there is a cause. If I, if I do one thing, there's an yeah. effect. Yeah. But he just, he's, he, his basis for his thesis is flawed from just saying that the, his understanding is the universe has just always been old, so he's negating the Big beginning, Bang theory. Yeah, he's negating that there was ever any kind of beginning or yes. creation. You know, he's saying it's always been. So saying that, nature can violate a law of nature. No, it never does. No, the universe does not violate the law of nature. There was something before the Big Bang, which was probably a previous universe that contracted. Let's not get in the multiverses. Let's not go there tonight. <laughs> Multiverse. Okay, so nature began. I'm gonna get all right. So I'm gonna. So right now, the the answer to his first question is the Big Bang, and the Big Bang is a, from what the science scientific theory is. It bangs, it expands until it can no longer expand, and then it contracts, and then it bangs again. So the universe is doing a lot, a very long time, very long term banging. Okay, so the next question. Okay, so nature began. So the universe, the Big Bang, happened, and there was a universe beforehand. Per cause and effect, whatever begins to exist must have a cause. Yes, the cause is, of course, the Big Bang. But what caused nature? Was it a natural cause? And his answer, no. Per the law of logic known as non-contradiction. There's a law of logic. Okay. Non-contradiction. Since nature began to exist and must have a cause, the Big Bang, the cause of nature cannot be nature. Oh, <laughs> So, yeah, so nature didn't create itself. Well, he's confusing the beginning of everything, like the beginning of, of um, mass expanding and coalescing with nature, the natural world, which, anyway, it must be logically not nature or supernature, which we call God. No, supernatural is not automatically God. No, supernatural is something that we... It's something beyond nature. It's not God. Now, of course, I'm sure, 100% sure, he's only talking about his Abrahamic God because at my point, my point would be, Odin came along, took a bolt of lightning, threw it into the center of nothingness, and exploded it into the Big Bang. That's my theory. <laughs> Fuck it. That's what I'm going with tonight, and that's where I'm going. Later on, it might be Stan Lee created a comic book about us. Anyway. Must be logic, not nature. It's what you call God. Without God, without the Abrahamic God... Atheism. Nature either began without a cause, violating cause and effect. No, it does not violate cause and effect. The Big Bang. Or is eternally old, uncaused. Again, violating cause and effect. Both are scientifically, to him, absurd. Which guy, and this guy obviously knows absolutely nothing about science. How about believing that nature simply created itself? Again, and this is now this guy's just throwing, throwing evolution. He's, not, he's negating evolution out the window. He's throwing out evolution out the window. Evolution, so Big Bang, the universe expands, billions and billions and billions of years, gases coalesce. Things happen. Things happen. Things that we, now this is the thing about atheists and theists and scientists and atheists and theists. If we can't explain something, we'll look to science to understand it. And if we don't understand it, we don't just say, well, this I don't understand, God or a God. So we don't do that. That doesn't. That's absurd. Mm -hmm. 
Bolt of lightning, that's old school thinking. Bolt of lightning comes down through the sky. Where the hell did that happen? Mm. Thor. Boom, got it, figured it out, done. Don't worry about that anymore. So that's absurd. How about believing that nature simply created itself? Answer, to create itself, something must exist before it existed. That's logically absurd. So, and I'm gonna finish up with this at the end here. Question, okay, fine. The laws of nature, cause and effect, and logic, non-contradiction, both prove God. But who created God? Now he's got someplace. Now let's let's take now now you're thinking there, buddy. Now you're getting now you get someplace. Now you just ask yourself the question: Who created your God? People. Because that's the that's actually the correct answer. One hundred percent the correct answer. So let's see what he answers. But who created God? Answer: God, the creator of our space time, also known as Stan Lee, universe logically exists outside of his own creation, outside of space and time. Does a timeless God begin? No, a timeless God never began and has no creator. He answered nothing. He's talking in riddles. Yeah, he's totally talking. He's right? talking in riddles it's because just bullshit. it's just it's just bullshit. That's just bullshit. Which is like, which is what people who believe in the factual existence of any god, whether it be Odin or Zeus or Ares or the Abrahamic God, which is Yahweh. They're just using God as an excuse for something they don't understand. When I don't understand something, I, I do use the words, God damn it, why in God's name did this happen? Da 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 da. I use all the same ones that everybody else is using. It's just a colloquial expression that, that we use as saying, why did this happen? I don't understand it. It does not, and I'm not ever going to factualize that there's actually some being up there going, ha ha, you jerk off. Because if there was, I would hope that he wouldn't be going, ha ha, you jerk off. Oh, He'd be like, I'm sorry, man. I just wasn't paying attention, man. I, I would have got you on that one. I would have yeah. had your back. Because then they were douchebags. Yeah, then, then, then those gods are douchebags. And it's funny because it's, 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 it, it, we'll go to that another time. God, you, you had the correct answer. Who created God? People. People created gods when they didn't understand things. That, that's the answer of, yeah. of that. Now, how did everything become into being the theory of evolution? We know all these scientific theories and yes they are theories because they can change over time when more scientific evidence is exposed you can change your point of view and everything that's how science works mm -hmm. um the whole the mythologies and everything of gods and, and that they don't work because they, they don't work as something you want to factually base your life around spiritually base your life around like if you pull the good parts out of it whether you're a pagan or a wiccan or or you want to call yourself a christian whatever you want to do pull the good parts out but at no point should you ever use it for anything factual in your life yeah no you know like let's say you you say you always say that i'd rather worship a tree you, you worship yeah. a tree but if you christine is she would worship a tree. She'll put the little candles out. And she'll do these things as a ritual, and, and it's it's um it's a pagan thing. But if Christine were to get a cut on her arm, that was about eight inches long and deep enough where she could possibly bleed to death, she wouldn't wander over to the tree, bleed on the tree, and then sit there praying to the tree that the tree will heal me, because she knows factually and logically she would drop fucking dead if she did that. Yeah. So that's what I'm trying. That's the point I'm trying to make. Yeah. Whereas like Christian scientists and stuff, oh, something yeah, like that, they, they, they will that. just they will pray yeah. and that's it, and then they'll die and they're like that's God's will. And uh, that's to me is that's absurd. Weird. So is the natural universe eternally old? No, it is not. It is not eternally old. Do I have? Can I give you a straight answer as to how the universe? 
the Big Bang created? Was there anything before? No, I cannot. I do not have factual evidence of how that happened. I will not tell you as a good, decent person. I'll tell you what. If you did, you'd be fucking rich. Uh, well, I, I'd be well known. I don't you know if I'd be told. rich. You would be well known and rich because people would be like, he got it. He got it. He figured it he out. He figured it out. He figured it out. Einstein figured it out. Einstein. Yeah. And uh, I mean, Einstein had, had his beliefs and everything. His famous saying, was, God does not roll dice. Like things happen for things happen for a reason, but he was he was cool. And and there's a lot of there's a lot of Christians and intelligent people, and they don't but they don't use the um, they don't use their religion. Never use your religions, whatever they may be, to harm other people. Yeah, that's 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 the big thing. So that's a big one. So the the bottom line here for for me and Christine is if you come on our on our YouTube channel and you put a big rant on there about gods or or hating on anything or any of us. immediately going to delete it and then you're going to be talked about on our podcast so everybody can hear about it you will not you'll not get any recognition nor will you get any replies from us on there we prefer to talk about things on here i've spent many a moon on, uh, what, what was this ding dong's name it was uh i don't want to give him his full name because i don't want to give him but his first name was bernard bernard this was, one's for you his last name was not getz that's all i got to oh say oh my god could that's you imagine we would have to lock the door yeah. but um so that's my uh, that's my atheist irritation for the week. It's mm-hmm. like, please, if you're gonna put something on there, give give me like an old, give me a Joseph Campbell quote, give me some Eckhart Tolle, give me something that's, yeah, yeah give, get, you know what, give me something that Stan Lee said. Post a Stan Lee interview on yeah. there. Yeah, because my personal belief, uh, um, I believe Stan Lee was uh, the Marvel Comics god. This is Earth um, 0.1, and uh, we were he came in just to write us. Um, he came in just to get some fodder for what could possibly happen if you completely screw up a democracy by um, doing what we're doing here. <laughs> but anyhow, I think Stan, Stan Lee is my uh, is my little, my little god. He's he was a, he was a really good guy. Such a such a great human being. But anyway, Christine, what, what you got anything else for us this week? I'm, I'm sorry I took a lot of time there. No, no, I, I, I'm pretty good, man. It was just you know, well, should we talk about like the pestilence and the famine going on in the house? Actually, it's just pestilence. It's not really famine. Well, we're at 50 minutes. I think we should save, save that for next week. Oh, yeah. Okay. Right yeah, I'm sure there's going to be a lot more. Yeah, there'll be a lot. Yeah, be a lot. It's causing more. tension. It's yeah. causing tension. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm sure we'll break up a couple times this week over <laughs> no, I don't think we'll break up. We've got it. <laughs> so. um, all right. So um, before, we, uh, before we sign off, we'll give it another five or ten minutes here. I just want to remind everybody that we are... Here, we're doing um, Atheist in Witch Magazine, where we're looking for contributors, submissions, and everything else for that. And we do have some people that have started to trickle in. The first issue will come out um, probably the first week of October, because it's going to be a good time for the Atheist and the Witch to drop a magazine. Anna Sophia Eloise has sent in some photos, a dark raven. Um, Sparks One Photography sent in uh, Molly. Uh, Mark Ruiz. Molly's really, I like yeah, Molly. Good. Molly's got cool stuff. Mark Ruiz has sent in a whole fairy uh, submission. Uh, a girl named Naoma Barley has sent in uh, some stuff as well. Our model from back in the Passion Pinups days, Penelope, has some really cool photos that she's sent in. Um, Sharna Lee, who's a really great photographer out of California, has uh, two models this, uh, this month. And uh, I've got some writing in there. Christine's going to be doing some writing in. Dig dang it. We're gonna try and get some artists in there and some other writers, but we just gotta keep pushing. You know, mm. We'll have we'll have stuff. In mm-hmm. there. Um, finally, to find us on the internet, we're all over like stink on doggy poo poo. Right. Uh, we're on Twitter at atheist and witch. 
We're on Instagram at The Atheist and The Witch. We're on Facebook at The Atheist and The Witch. Our YouTube channel for previews and whatnot of the show and other cute, funny stuff is youtube.theatheistandthewitch.com. We have a Patreon site that is up, patreon.com forward slash The Atheist and The Witch, where you can uh, support us. You can see full behind-the-scenes videos, uh, grab a sticker or two at, at different support levels, and... Um, Help us out to keep all this stuff going. It also helps us do the magazine. So thank you if you are becoming Patreons there. Um, if you'd like to show your support and um, wear it, you can head over to our Zazzle stores where we have shirts, mugs, hats, and other merchandise for fans of The Atheist and the Witch. It is located at store.theatheistandthewitch.com. And I'd also like to uh, tell everybody that uh, Miss Witch over here, the witch, also has her own personal Patreon. Woo! the wild witch the wild witch which is patreon.com forward slash the wild witch um she has many different photo sets of things that we have done uh photo sets we've taken of and more to come more to come of wild witch stuff and she's also got other things on there she's got drawings that she's doing she's mm -hmm. posting stuff so you can keep yeah. track of yeah. her little things on there it's, yeah. it's really cool yeah and there'll be little drawings that i'll put up for people um to either you know if you enjoy them and you want to purchase them they'll be up for sale um plus i make candles um i know who doesn't make candles nowadays but hey it's fun it's the witch the wild it's witch the witchy candle. thing to do it's got magic in there yeah um she's also on instagram as wild witch lady so you can mm -hmm. catch her on there and keep up to date on what's going on and um also sign up for our newsletters we have reason and magic newsletter mm -hmm. which is at the atheist and the witch.com forward slash newsletter and the wild witch has her own is atheist the atheist and the witch.com forward slash wild witch update so you can get the newsletters and find out what's going on ah mm. uh, yes uh, oh and there's a uh, Chrissy's personal store where she has sells uh, shirts and artwork is the witch store dot the atheist and the witch dot com. So we have a lot of we have a lot of yeah we have a lot of stuff irons in the fire yeah. as they say we're we're busy here at the cottage conundrum. Yes. Um, uh, oh, um, uh, uh, I have so much to say but it can't come out. I have uh, uh, what is that? What is that? Uh, brain constipation. Oh boy, that hurts. <laughs> all right, so I will sign off with our little uh, our little blurb here for all of all of you out there that are just like us. They call us weird, they call us odd, they don't get it. We don't care. We're reason meets magic. We are the atheist and the witch. Goodbye from the atheist. That's, that's going to be your nightly blurb? Uh, well, that's, our, that's our weekly blurb. Yeah. That's, that's for us and that's for everybody that, that yeah. follows us. We're weirdos and yes. suck it up. Deal yeah. with it. Buttercup. <laughs> so do you have a personal blurb? A personal blurb this week. What is my personal blurb this week? Well, you know what? I forgot that that's, uh, I have to have my own. Your personal thoughts and feelings. My personal you, thoughts. And, you I'm... must be emotionally raw for everybody, Brittle. <laughs> Put it out there. Oh, my goodness. Um, okay, this is my thought for the week. Yeah, this, is, this is something I saw. The only thing that is more important than having rules is knowing when to break them. That's really good. That's a really good one. Yeah. So good night from the atheist.
All right, so mine is something that I'm sure a few people have heard. It's a little common, but I just love it. It's just so, it's just so heartfelt. <laughs> and it's from Terry Pratchett, the Wintersmith. And it goes like this. A witch ought never to be frightened in the darkest forest, Granny Weatherwax had once told her, because she should be sure in her soul that the most terrifying thing in the forest was her. <laughs> Don't mess. With the witch. With the witch. Good night. Good night. and the Witch, brought to you by Godless Heathens.